One, two, one, two. I'm recording. Hey. Hello. Hello. It's nice to speak ah, to you. There he is. Oh, look. Ah, you're very well lit there, Tim. Uh, thank you very much. Sorry about that. I was just making sure, you know, all the microphones and everything's all set up ready. I'm very excited. You, you've done this before, though, right? I just want to double check that you're okay with a lot of this being the majority of Doctor Who questions. I imagine it can get slightly repetitive after so many years. Oh, yeah. You can say whatever you like. I mean, I've just come back from uni. I go to Hull University, so uh, they were all very excited that I was coming to talk to you today. It must be like the middle of the night there now. No, no, no. We're we're in the same country, David. Um, I very much appreciate you giving us all this time. You're a very lovely human being. We've only just started, David. David? Oh, that's great. (sighs) Looks like I'm going to have to do a best of episode. I'm the Doctor. I'm a time lord. From the planet Gallifrey in the constellation of Castelberus. I hope he is a bit less conspicuous this time. You might be a doctor, but I am. I'm a doctor. That's probably not the one you expect. Absolutely fantastic. All of time and space, everything that ever happened or ever will. Where do you want to start? Oh, Harry, Doctor Who, how are you? Hello. Oh, wait, no. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Big on the Inside, a new Doctor Who Watch On podcast. Hi, Harry. How are you? Okay. Are you, do, you, do you want to do that again? No, nah, keep or? it in, man. We'll keep it in. <laughs> <laughs> right. So next up, we have Stephen Moffat. Who? Stephen Moffat. Never heard of him. Tell me about him. He's a guy. He does some writing for TV. He wrote that uh, TV show, Coupling. Oh yeah, and that uh, Netflix sh- uh, Dracula thing oh, with Mark Gatiss, <laughs> and um, that's I the think only time I've the... ever really hated my mum. Why? Why she you said hate... that series got better as it went along. She said episode three was the best of all three, and I said you are so wrong. It's unbelievable. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Episode one was very fun. Uh, the whole series should have been episode one. Well, it was best when it was faithful. To, well, faithful ish. It was following the story. Was no, Dracula with an iPad? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> what, what if? What if Dr- that? <laughs> it's like that um, modern Seinfeld thing. What if? What if Dracula modern day? Dracula get iPad? <laughs> was it Dracula with an iPad? It was Dracula. I just remember the scene of Dracula. To be fair, <laughs> I actually enjoyed the stuff of Dracula interacting with modern technology. Oh God! Now I like that scene. I hate it when text messages appear on screen. That's just a... That's so a lazy. Just have them phone each other. Doctor Who's Time Fracture, the uh, immersive theatre show in London, has been hit by flood damage, and the show has therefore been cancelled all the way through to July the 18th. Oh, wait, that's... That was yesterday. That's yesterday. <laughs> oh, it's... Fr- oh, it's from... Oh, does that mean that it's no longer cancelled? <laughs> Up-to-date news, everybody. We're reporting on the closure of an event that's already reopened. <laughs> yeah, no, I saw this earlier in the week um, that basically Doctor Who Time Fracture had to cancel performances up to and including Sunday the 18th of July due to a flood in the building which badly damaged the set. Um, but everyone, you know, because... they handled it very well. Yeah, I've yeah. seen some of the video, I've seen all the video footage from this and all the photos and it looks so immersive. Like I know, obviously, it's going to be going to be immersive, but like I've seen, like everybody who's come out of it who I've spoken to on Twitter and seen people's tweets has just gone on about like how great it is and like the tiny little details. So the fact that a lot of it got damaged by flood work, and I imagine some of it might have been able to be thrown away and rebuilt super quickly and things like that. Um, that's man. But yeah, I thought I thought that'd be interesting because somebody who is. Um, studying for an MA in acting, um, that must be like a proper bummer for a production just to suddenly go on hot like that, especially when it isn't COVID related in a COVID time. Mm, yeah, I mean, I feel like we're at a point where everyone in the industry is just so eager to be doing things and to be a part of things after so long. And Time Fractures, from what I've heard, I remember, I feel bad about it being kind of sceptical as to how much of an audience there would be for something like Time Fracture. Because from what I've seen, it's doing incredibly yeah. well. It's like getting updates and things, adding new storylines. It's kind of this continual thing. And it seems, for all intents and purposes, it might be a pretty permanent fixture in London now. So 
I, I got to eat my hat on that one. Time Fracture's doing very well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so starting up with some uh, familiar news, Time Fracture has closed again. What? Is this, what is it this time? Guess. Is it flood damage? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what building is Time Fracture in? I think it's under the sea. No one's told them. <laughs> it's that place, you know, uh, in The Runaway Bride, that oh, place yeah. that, with the giant spider lady. That's where Time Fracture is. I don't get it. I think it's it's not the same damage as before. This is new It's a damage. different kind of flood damage. Yeah, this is the third different flood damage work that Time Fracture's had. I mean, this is... I'm honestly amazed that Time Fracture is still managing to sustain <laughs> itself throughout all these periods of flood closure due to flood damage. I mean... I mean, it must be a really great, ex- you know, it's, um, experience if, despite being close to these huge bouts of time, loads of people are still coming in. Yeah. I mean, it got to the point where I've been to London twice this year. Both times intending to see Time Fracture? No, but no. was a possibility. Mm. But both times it's been shut because of flood damage. It's bizarre. So you've throughout all the time, London. I mean, time I mean, I've been going to London for yeah. other stuff, and I thought, yeah. well, while I'm there, if I've got some time, I'm going to see Time Fracture. Yeah, but that's not been so. The case. Since Time Fracture has been open, there's not been a single period where you've both been in London and Time Fracture has no, been open. And I don't go to London very often. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that I went to London twice this year is the most I think I've ever been to London in a year ever. Yeah. I usually go once every six years. Mm. So, uh, yeah, it's yeah. kind of crazy that it's constantly shut. I mean, I don't really, there's not really much else to say I about mean, it. I feel other bad than, because, like, the yeah. first time it happened, it was like, oh, that's such a shame. Mm. But now it's quite, it's kind of a bit funny. I feel like they need to, um, they need to do something. It's like, what are, are they? they? Are it's they... all just leaving a, a window open all the time. What's going on? I'm just wondering. So, not turning a tap off? I'm wondering what they're doing to fix it because is it, I'm hoping it's more than temporary solutions. Like, if it's a different type of flood damage each time, that is really, really unfortunate. But if it's consistently the same kind of flood damage, then it's like, I don't know, maybe it'd be helpful for them to... I mean, I'm not an architect or a business guy or a flood maintenance guy, (laughs) but I feel like maybe they need to invest in something more substantial to stop this flooding. I don't know. I'm trying to look on uh, on Google. Jody and Chris are leaving. What? I know, right? This is the first time. This is, I would say, since we've been doing this podcast, this is the second biggest bit of news we've done since Christopher Eccleston announced he was returning. Um, just as unexpected, I would say, despite the rumours. Um, literally within the last five minutes, I think it was announced. So, do you want to run through what the BBC said, what statements have said, and all that kind of jazz? Um, yeah, I guess. I mean, I'm kind of a little swept off my feet right now um, because literally less than five minutes ago, uh, Tim just like gave me a call and like I picked up. I was like, hey, I was like, hey, we need to record now. Chris and Joe are leaving. And I was like, what? What? Who's yeah. Chris? Chip? What? And <laughs> so I'm still kind of processing the news. Um, um yeah, basically what's happening is that um, the way it's um, been announced, it actually reveals a lot more about Series 13 as well. Okay. That, um, basically, we have nine Doctor Who episodes with Chris and Jody left. Right, There's okay. going to be the Series 13 is going to be a six-part event serial. And then there's going to be two specials planned for 2022. And then uh, the BBC is now asked for an additional final feature-length adventure uh, as part of their centenary um, celebrations. Okay. Um, and that will be Jodie's last story and yes. Chris Chibnall's last story. Jodie Whittaker and Chris Chibnall to leave Dot Two in a trio of specials clim- um, culminating in an epic blockbuster special there in autumn 2022 as part of the BBC Centuri celebra- Centurion Celebration. So that I guess the three specials, therefore... Centenary, the, yeah. Yeah, and the current holiday one, so the current Christmas one, um, one around springtime and then one in the autumn, which would be her last one. A strange time to leave. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, because we're kind of used to... I mean, I guess just in New Hugh, we're used to, with the exception of Eccleston, the Doctor's final story being a Christmas one. Mm. Or a New Year. Um, so yeah, this is early. 
Um, but I, I mean, I, I guess maybe it's to be more in line with the BBC centenary. Yeah. And to clarify, is the centenary, is that 100 years of the BBC as an institution? So, or? Shall I have a look? I imagine so. It seems to, I would imagine more. Cent- Let me have a quick look. Um, I'm not sure, but Chris is going as well. That does surprise me. Yeah, honestly, um, we've had rumours of Jodie going for a while and the whole thing of, I mean, a lot of the rumours are pretty much bang on the money that we'd have series 13, a year of two or three specials and she's gone. This yeah. is exactly that. Um, and uh, the thing, that doesn't surprise me, you know, kind of Jodie even says in her statement that her and Chris agreed to a three years undone, well, three series undone kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but, and that's a very respectable run for a doctor. That's kind of the usual run for a doctor. But what really surprises me is that Chris is going with her. I yeah. did not see that coming at all. That means not only are we going to receive at some point in the next year and a bit an announcement of a new uh, 14th Doctor, which is definitely happening now. We'll address that in a bit. But we're also getting something which is probably bigger news and something we'll find out probably before the next Doctor, which is we're getting a new showrunner after Chris. Yes. And that's not something I haven't I've even been speculating about, about. Oh, this is we're exciting. Getting... Thumbnails Who's go gonna... on. I... Who could the... We don't, we don't even... Michaela Cole, next showrunner and Doctor? I don't know. <laughs> oh, this is so exciting. Like, I love this period of time because it's quite sad because Jodie's fantastic and I would... And I'm really, really chuffed that she's getting that year of specials um, rather than a condensed series. And then, so that sucks. But then it's almost like, but all this new revival stuff is just so exciting because it's not like they're rebooting Batman again or anything like that. It's like, it's the same show and there's the same characters and it's just so exciting. I always, I love this time, especially when you remember little things like that, like new showrunner. Um, I'm just reading here on the BBC website. It says, this is a quote from Chibnall. Um, Jodie and I made a free series and out pact with each other at the start of this once in a lifetime blast. So now, pardon me. So now our shift is done. We're handing back the keys to the TARDIS. That surprises me that before they even started, they said, we're just going to do the free. Yeah. And that actually makes me very even more excited about this upcoming series, because does that mean that Chibnall had a three series arc in mind this whole time and that this is going to round it off? Yeah. Potentially, potentially. We don't know. Um, Quote here from Jodie. In 2017, I opened my glorious gift box of a a size 13 shoe. Um, I could not have guessed the brilliant adventure worlds and wonders I would see in them. Uh, My heart is so full of love for this show for the team who make it, for the fans who watch it, and for what has brought to my life. And I cannot thank Chris enough for um, introducing me with this incredible... uh, Intrusing me with his incredible stories. Um, um, Unit get a big play in the episode. Obviously, a lot of Unit. What I like about what they've done with Unit in this era is those returning Unit characters that you get to know. Mm. Um, Maybe you don't get to know their names, but you definitely recognise their faces. Um, even stuff like the news reporter, she's in like nearly every episode. Every time the news is on, it's the same American news reporter. That's true, yeah. I love I love stuff like that, and I can't wait for that to come back. Something I actually really enjoyed with um, the American news report this time, because we see both British news reports and American news reports, and I couldn't help but notice that the American news reports were kind of depicting a slightly more sensationalist yeah. fashion. Like everything was way more dramatic of like. People are fat and they're gone, and also aliens. What did you think to that? To the fact that basically Russell wrote in this episode that most of America died because they were all fat and they they all turned into adipose. So I didn't read it as that when I saw it. I read it it as that is because there's a the line that follows that is America will save us or something. It's God bless America. That's before that. Yeah, yeah. And then it's we're all dead. Hmm. So the way I interpreted that was that. Because the borders were cut off to the UK, that meant Idaho had to had to establish itself somewhere else. Okay. So it picked the US. Um, is Donna a bit of a stupid character? Well, there's that whole thing where she thinks she's going to live, but I, you sort of know she isn't. 
I feel like anyone who's had been told they're going to die are going to try and look for a way out of dying, aren't the they? The reason I hesitate is because what I actually wrote down is, is Donna a little thick? Well, <laughs> I think that's a bit rude. I think that's a little bit rude. I didn't mean thick as in up here. I meant thick as in... We had this joke <laughs> when we were watching. We, we had this joke when we were watching because we watched it together this time where... Whenever anyone was freaking out about something on Donna's back, we made the joke of what if instead of it being a bug, the the just character a, just has a real a really large um, comical like massive ass. Yeah, <laughs> everyone's just looking at that. <laughs> not just like a nice ass, just like ridiculously mad, like walk not vases knocking off, like inflated. Yeah, <laughs> and everyone's always like, oh. <laughs> And then you said the scene where she's in all the mirrors and it just lights up and it's just someone turning around. I just see that arse and they're screaming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear me. Um, I'm getting towards the end of my notes here, but one thing I did notice is that, and I think we probably mentioned it with Love and Monsters, is you don't always need the Doctor to make a really good uh, Doctor episode. Aye, aye, aye. First off, we'll start with the light stuff. First off, it's very warm in here. Would you mind if I took off my hoodie? That's not at all. I'm, I'm wearing an alien hoodie. I'm going to keep my uh, my jacket on. Because you're not wearing a t-shirt underneath. I am wearing a t-shirt. You can see my t-shirt. That's good. Yeah. Like, what kind of guy would wear a jacket and no... Ugh, would I? Would I do that? That's better. I don't think I could rock it. I don't have the abs. No? No. Yeah, oh, you've got Doctor Who t-shirt underneath. I thought there would be a better response. <laughs> I, I, I didn't probably... I think I was just kind of like... A, I, I expected... It's a terrible t-shirt, isn't it? You wouldn't want to wear this in public. Mm, you'd want... And if, how They can't know. The public can't know. <laughs> That's why we don't use our real names on this podcast. That's right, James. <gasps> no! Sam, what have you done? <laughs> I can't you did this, Martin. <laughs> James and Martin. <laughs> Uh, no, do you want to get back to the Monster Vault? Because I think we could talk for too long about Strip. Yeah, go on, though, yeah. Yeah. Um, so another part of this exhibition is called the Monster Vault, where you get close-up with some of the weird and wonderful characters that have graced our screens. And uh, they actually show... What's <laughs> so funny? <laughs> it's where you, you finish that sentence, looks at me, I gave you nothing, and you just very quickly went, anyway... <laughs> Straight back to Sorry, carry on. Well, I, I'm not actually. They show a little bit of concept art. I don't know if you've seen it. I did. It's yes. got the face of Bob and Cassandra. Yeah, it's all RTD stuff. It is. Do you think? Do you think the BBC are really going to be? Have a look at that. Yeah. Yeah. There's Cassandra, the art, uh, face of Bo. Yeah. Uh, a child. Yeah. Yeah. The child is staring down the face of. I Bo. mean, this is just concept art, though, isn't it? It like, is. The face of Bo is not even actually in his actual. They've put in kind of like a glass case. Yeah, like a yeah. zoo animal. Yeah. yeah. I wonder how they're going to do what Cassandra would look like in real life. I feel like it'd be... It's all CGI, yeah. isn't she? She'd be kind of Maybe gross. Maybe they just put a big thing of Katie Price up. I think... I had they... They need a satisfying It's very awkward this week. I don't know why. Because yeah. they're trying to throw you off. Yeah, I feel like you are. <laughs> I don't know I'm, why. I'm trying to be the straight man here. Because some, somehow, somewhere down the line, I became... The straight man in it, this. It started, I feel, when, used to... when, we, when you took over hosting because I was, used to record the start of this series from the car. Yeah. 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 It's weird. It's weird that. I like it. Because it, it's, in my mind, it's still your podcast. Oh, yeah, no, it is. Yeah. Don't yeah, it is. You're, you're the, the Tim's only runs everything. Tim's only runs everything. I'm just like, but somehow when it comes to this bit, I'm the guy who's facilitating. Yeah, it's fun. I like it. Yeah, because you, you get to just like. Do nothing. Yeah, you just get to fart about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, on to some... I met ge- KSI last night. That was fun. Yeah, how was he? Good. I just thought I should mention it. Yeah. People like KSI. You also met uh, Dick and Dom, didn't you? Well, we mentioned that last week. That's why I mentioned it. Yeah. So I'll step down a little bit. But... Could KSI be the next Doctor? Who do you think would win in a fight? KSI or Dick and Dom? Well, there's two of Dick and Dom. Yeah, but have you seen KSI? Yeah, but Dick and Dom, there's a, they, they, they could... Dom is ripped. Is Dom ripped? Yeah. Then it, that, in addition to also having Dick, they take. 
I know we're talking about children's TV presenters, but are you really still seven years old? <laughs> Here's the funny thing about, about when we worked with um, Dick and Dom, is that at one point... I think we... I should have just gone with Dick and Wood. <laughs> is that they at one point we needed to change the lead on the DJ decks, and Richard, or Rich, as he was referred to by Dom throughout the night, um, <clears throat> was at the DJ decks, and he had his headphones on, and my friend Ben, who was in charge of all the lighting and the text, was trying to get his attention. And he just stood, like, like as far as we are apart now, just going, Dick! <laughs> Dick! <laughs> Dick! And he can't hear, he's got his headphones on. And, like, for five solid minutes, just shouting that at him. They're just calling this guy a dick. Yeah. And I'm, like, in my head, I'm watching him. I can see what he's saying. And I'm going, by now, I would have called him Richard. <laughs> so yeah. I would have maybe changed it up a little bit. Because he was, like, I was, I was like... But- he was Dick of Dick and Dom. That's I know, but I was thinking him. if I saw the if I saw him in public, what would you call him? Are you Dick from Dick and Dom? You've recently been hang- and I've got to ask. You've recently been hanging around in the studio with Christopher Eccleston. I'm right with that. Aren't I? Yes, that's right. And I'm not going to push you on story <laughs> things or anything you might have heard because it's so tempting that I've got goosebumps even thinking about what I could push you to answer. But all I will answer is. You've already said you're a Doctor Who fan, and I know a few fans would probably give an awful lot to be hanging around yes. in that studio. There must be a huge sense of privilege and excitement when you're sat there and you can... Cause can you hear him when he's doing his lines, yes, or can you I, just I see heard, him from a different room? I heard the recording, uh, and it was incredibly exciting. Probably the most exciting day I've had for that reason, because you, you when you meet Sylvester McCoy, you know a lot of fans have, uh, people like him and Paul mm. but not many fans have met Chris uh, so yeah. it was uh, very exciting because of that and it was also the most I was also the most nervous before that day as well because he hasn't played the role for 16 years and in that time there's been a lot of rumour as to why that might be and not mm. all of them make him look good so there was a worry like yeah. maybe maybe he's not it would be quite scary to meet in person so he was actually so friendly, and <laughs> that that's probably what surprised me the most. Um, yeah. Because I, I, I was started shooting uh, the B-roll on the shots before I had a chance to meet him because he was already in the recording thing. So the first thing I said to him was, sorry, do you mind if, I, if I'm if i filming this? Because I was shooting through the glass. Uh, so he couldn't object at the time. And he was like, oh, yeah, no, absolutely, please go ahead. And it was overwhelmingly friendly. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I recently read his interview with the Doctor Who magazine talking about returning to Big Finish. And he generally just, just seemed like... Because I think he has an an image... Or people have an image of him that he's this tough northern guy, no bullshit sort of, I'll do what I want sort of thing. But from reading interviews, and if you actually read the stuff he says rather than secondhand report and mm-hmm. talk to yourself, he just generally just seemed like a lovely guy and he has time in the world for everything and he's just very dedicated to his work yeah that's him so friendly uh, i mean the the, the tough edge w- w- you can definitely tell it's there uh, he, the ninth doctor is there mm. within him um but he yes yeah, so nice to be with i couldn't believe it <laughs> <laughs> so when when do you think people will be able to see that footage that you filmed um w- whenever i do a video it usually coincides with the release of series so mm. uh, his the ravagers one is coming out in uh, uh may i think so that is when that video yeah. will be out i'm not sure if it's coming out on the day oh, cool. of release or if it's going to be a few days before but it will be alongside the first volume uh, yeah yeah sorry carry on <laughs> uh jody whittaker okay is... sorry it was 15 minutes late yeah yeah was it a good set he was okay. He had like a warm-up DJ, but people weren't really vibing to that. Right. I mean, I don't know. I've never actually listened to his music. For the rest of my life. I've not heard that cool song. Cool like the ocean. Where is my lotion? What? I don't is, think that's the lyrics. Is that a KSI song? It's sort of like, cool as the ocean. Do the emotion. Did he do a song with Anne Marie or something as well? I think he did, didn't he? I, I don't really know if Anne Marie's work either. <laughs> Why am I clutching at straws here? Go on. 
Jodie Whittaker saying that she had some really cool lasers that shot <laughs> either side of the stage. Jesus Christ. We, at one point, we had to, um, I heard beforehand, they, they had to gaffer tape up all the um, metal bars because the lasers were shining and they were like zigzagging across everywhere. If it went in your eye, you would have gone blind. Oh. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I like the new design. We don't know much about the episode. They look hella cool. They look, hmm? They look hella cool. Okay, cool. Um, they do be dressing. Yeah, and it looks good. And I saw a lot of debate online of people saying, are they still going to go Santa hat? Is that that's from a new, Russell? Yeah. yeah okay. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I don't know. Do the Cybermen don't still go delete? They don't, do they? And no. I can't work out if the Cybermen used to say delete in the classic. I don't think they did. I believe Russell introduced delete as kind of an alternative to exterminate. I feel like, I feel like you know... The Dark Sons exterminate, so the Cybermen have Delete, and the Sontarans have Sontarha. Um, what do the Weeping Angels have? Um, Woo, it says the Weeping Angels! I, no, what shit, a, motherfuckers? There's a Fitchibble to the side. <laughs> Sorry? That's a Fitchibble to the side. Is it? What if he does make him speak? <laughs> um, talking of um, Chris Chibnall, maybe, actually, maybe not. He's talked about the new, the new monsters that are coming... Um, in this series of Doctor Who. The Ravages. Um, it says, the angels are back. Oh, this is Mandip Gill. The angels are back. And how's Mandip Gill speaking on a Zoom to assemble, to assembled press. Gill and John Bishop, who respectively play companions, Yas and Dan, swap their memories of filming with the angels. Trying not to blink in the freezing cold was so difficult, wasn't it? Gill asked Bishop, who jerks about the hard hardship Keeping his eyes open with tears streaming down his face. I mean, they can cut, they don't have to keep their eyes open the whole time they're on set. Like, surely, like, I mean, how long are they holding the camera on these guys that they have to have their eyes open for the whole thing? That would be, yeah. Um, either of these creatures, uh, hang on, I'm just skipping through here uh, to find some cool Chibnall quotes. Uh, a particular character that I think is a bit more psychologically terrifying for the Doctor looking to Jodie Whittaker for confirmation. He receives a nod. Perhaps that character is involved in a Series 13 plotline <laughs> that focuses the Doctor, that forces the Doctor, quote, to face up to secrets from her own past as teasing promotional material. I don't know which other monsters were allowed to say, Whittaker asked Chibnall, who jerkily replied, it's my last series, Jodie, I don't care. <laughs> So he comes up with the ideas for creatures. Chibnall explained, sometimes it's an image, sometimes it's an idea about something that's going to be friendly to the Doctor or scary to kids. And sometimes, by the looks of it, it's RuPaul's Drag Race and Star Wars. Jodie Whittaker. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> So, because uh, well, no, he got to his second song and he took his shoes off. What? Can I to his shoes? Like, did he keep his socks on? Yeah, he kept his socks on. He had black socks on. He had white shoes and black socks. Why did he take off his shoes? And he was doing like this thing where he was like boom, 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 around the stage. And then, like, after his, sec- after his first song, he bent down to tie his shoelaces and all the lights went down. It was really awkward. So then the DJ started playing some music. And then after the second song, he just took his shoes off and kicked him to the side of the stage. Hmm. At work this weekend, we had a uh, Madness tribute band. Okay. And uh, they ran over one of the bar staff's motorbike and just drove off. Okay. <laughs> and the DJ turned around and he said, I don't know about Madness, they should be called Badness. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a class DJ, if you ask me. He's about 60. <laughs> I think that's great. Oh, it's hilarious. I had to leave, so I was wet myself. <laughs> That DJ should not change a thing they're doing. <laughs> He's great. Yeah. I just thought it was very strange that a madness tribute, because he'd have to go home and explain to his mum and dad why his motorbike was bending off. And uh, the say the fact that it was run over by a madness tribute band. Also, how many members of Madness are there? Uh, there's five. there's the singer, there's like the there's the um Saxon, Saxon guy, uh, there must be the drummer. Yeah. Um well, there was, well we only had two. <laughs> Or was it just the singer and the saxophone? Yeah. 
It's just thinking of the saxophone. I mean, at least it's a saxophone. At least it's the two like key ones. Yeah. Like, imagine it's like the drummer and the, <laughs> the, and bassist. the bassist. <laughs> We're madness. Oh, yeah, great, crazy. crazy imagine making like a Queen tribute band where it's John Deacon and Roger Taylor. <laughs> Just to carry, dumb, carry dumb, on. Dumb, dumb. A machine of a dream. <laughs> they can only ever play like two songs. They can play the they can play the instrumental to another one by Sadust, <laughs> and they can do um, I'm in love with my car with none of the. Oh yeah. <laughs> they can do, <laughs> the extra stuff. Oh, they can also do uh, those are the days of our lives with just bass guitar. And only the version from Queen plus Adam Lambert because Roger Taylor sings that version. <laughs> but John Deacon's not in that. Oh, boogers. <laughs> no, it was just the a cappella. Sometimes I get the feeling. <laughs> I, I hope people like our personalities. <laughs> I, hope, I hope people don't just cut Last week, us. I accidentally uploaded a half an hour version of the podcast for some reason. I think the file corrupted when I was rendering it. And one of the comments did say... The BBC has cut them off. They knew too much. I do know that at least one person listens to at least half an hour. Of yeah, I um, it's interesting. I I have no idea. Like when people what listen to us, if they're listening for mainly the news or mainly <laughs> you know Doctor Who, Doctor Who content, the thing we advertise ourselves on, or if they are actually coming just for us. Yeah, because this could either be like great, great content, and people are like, oh yeah, loads of Tim and Harry stuff. <laughs> <laughs> to how it is. All I can be like, get to the fucking show. Let's talk about Jody and Russell. We don't know yet. We don't know. We're on our fourth series and we don't know what anybody wants. Yeah, because we don't really, there's not much opportunities for viewer engagement. Do you want to get on with this? Yes, Russell. No, Jody. Jody Whitaker. And don't interrupt me. Go on, I won't, I won't just tell. I'll be good. Jody Whitaker has admitted she hasn't been able to let go of her role since the departure. Uh, basically, the gist of this article is that um, whilst it's been announced she's leaving and then that she's going to be succeeded, um, for her, she's not finished filming yet. She's not filmed the finale. She's not filmed the final scenes. So for is her, that what it says? Does it say she hasn't filmed her final scenes? Yeah, that's right. Uh, oh, well, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, uh, what other Docky Who news have we got? Well, Jodie and Mandip Gill have both concluded filming. She filmed her regeneration scene, apparently. Yes, she has. She ha- and she ha- and that's kind of the very exciting thing, that there is going to be a regeneration. She's filmed it. She has said that she does not know who the 14th Doctor is. Yeah. And it's just, I think it's a similar situation to when she did her regeneration after Capaldi. Yeah. Like, her, she didn't meet Peter Capaldi she, her and Peter weren't in the same room. But Peter, uh, sorry, but Jodie had been cast by the time Peter filmed his regeneration. And did Peter know that Jodie was the next Doctor? I think, I think we all knew, yeah. Yeah. Okay, but this is a very different scenario. And I know I know Peter was there on Matt's regeneration because yes. they spoke, Matt said about he handed him his watch. I'm pretty sure Matt was there for David's regeneration. Yeah, yeah so yeah. I think this is, apart from Peter, apart, so Chris and David, that was like a six-month gap. Hmm. And then, uh, what should we call it? Peter and Jodie. That was, must have been a gap as well. Peter, yours. Yeah, yeah. He came in. I gave him my watch. I gave him my character watch. So then I just panicked. <laughs> like, well, how about that? <laughs> um, you know, and, he, and, and, then, and then also this other actor coming in is just so. No, I do actually remember thinking, God, I'm pleased I don't feel like that. Because it's fucking terrifying. It's terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Was Chris there? No. No, Chris had shot his whole bit and was gone. And they just left a sort of bit of. Because there was also a sense that they might. If there hadn't been a series two. Yeah. I Um, feel like they even shot a different ending that they'd have used if it. I don't know. If it it hadn't gone on, really. You you wouldn't have. Because you don't want to be the guy that regenerates in the. You know, (laughs) show up for 30 seconds of a series that never comes back. Yeah. And there's another gap, and Jodie just has no clue. I think it's because they haven't cast. Otherwise, if, oh, they, yeah. if they had cast the Doctor, they would have been there. Yeah. But do you think we will get the other half of the regeneration? Do you think we'll get those first moments of the 14th Doctor? Um, in the centenary special? Yeah. Yeah, I do, yeah. Yeah, I think so. That's well. almost a year off. That's That can literally be a week before job. Yeah. We're just going to add this in. I mean, maybe a bit more than a week for visual effects and stuff oh, like yeah. that. But, well, it depends, uh, like, you know, is the TARDIS going to crash again? Probably. Yeah, she might not even be regenerating 
in the TARDIS. That's true. They could have just put on a green screen and gone yeah. regenerating here. <laughs> it's interesting that they've had this kind of um, the, this kind of thing within um, Mewtwo where the Doctor always regenerates in their TARDIS. I think it's first Doctor did, second Doctor didn't, third Doctor didn't, fourth Doctor didn't, fifth Doctor did, did sixth Doctor did, seventh Doctor didn't, eighth Doctor didn't, ninth Doctor did, tenth Doctor did, eleventh Doctor did, twelfth Doctor did. Yeah, all the new Doctors did. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I think apart from John Hurt, John Hurt did regenerate in his TARDIS. Fuck off. I think honestly, the reason is I think it's easy. <laughs> no, I think it's because when David did his regeneration, they made a big deal of like destroying that TARDIS. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think they just really like destroying the TARDIS. I think a lot yeah. of it as well, maybe, is if you, you don't really want to do that shit on location because it will get leaked. Yeah. You think of how much stuff got leaked from Series 13 oh, as it totally, was. Totally, totally. And then I think a lot of the Centenary special was on closed sets. Mm. And there's lots of stuff in churches and stuff like that. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I think they just don't want stuff leaked. And I would rather it be come always in the TARDIS rather than it yeah. get leaked. I'm, I'm just interested to see how they blow up Jodie's TARDIS. Uh, maybe they don't. Matt Smith didn't. That's true, but that's because Matt, they were pretty much keeping the same TARDIS. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Like, they just added some bookshelves. They did, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> and some mood lighting. Pieces of Jodie, did that blow up? Is yeah, that- it did. They, they really blew up. Oh yeah, it did, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. it sort of crashed, didn't it? Yeah, she fell all that way to. Yeah, work. and also like the the regeneration energy blew things up. Uh, did it? How did yeah. it do it? Do it again. It blew things up. <laughs> I'm making. A, I made a hand gesture for each syllable of blew things up. It's a great visual. I'm glad you can see it. Um. So uh, this is something that you put in. I'm not entirely sure why. Uh, Craig Parkinson, who played the Grand Serpent, yes, uh, he was on. Uh, was it this morning that? I feel like, did that, like, massively break the mic? Doesn't matter. No. It's worth it for the This Morning theme tune. Um, anyway, we've got a Dalek update. This, they're, 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 what they do these days? Um, I don't know. They're, they've been out of the public eye for a while. Um, and so, yeah. uh have got guns now. Yes, the, this is called the Execute. <laughs> is that your minigun? <laughs> Tim, what should we aim that thing? Oh. Tim, the walls. Oh. Tim, the phone. What's up, Tim? The church. Get in the church. We did it. <laughs> it was a reference. We made the reference. I like that. I was good that one as well. Yay. That famous episode of Dot Two where Rose's machine gun in down the street and everyone the Dot Two tells everybody to get in the shit. <laughs> Um, Rose, put it. You don't know what you're doing, Rose. I gotta save your dad, Doctor. No, Rose. Save your dad. <laughs> I'm gonna blow that car up. The car tried to run over my dad, Doctor. Why did I make that Rose Northern all of a sudden? Yeah, yeah. Try to run over my dad, Doctor. And the only way to stop it once and for all is for blowing the shit out of it. No, Rose. It's a rare Ford Granada. You can't, Rose. Doctor Who the Ark of Space Part 4, we're finally here, thank God it's over. I'm going to be completely honest, massively disappointed by all all classic who we've done on this channel, I've been massively disappointed by. We did the we did the three doctors, the five doctors, and now this, and I'm just like, there's it just doesn't age well at all, and I'm really sorry because I know there's some big fans oh. of it out there, oh. and some people are like, well, it hasn't been the same. Unsubscribing what... comments, yeah. the dislikes are coming your way, my man. But I'm just like, I don't care about classic <laughs> who. Really don't, and it's so bad. No, and it's just like I'm watching no. it, and I'm looking at Tom Baker, and I'm like, "You look like the Doctor," because I've been told you the Doctor, but I can't see it. And I know this is really bad, but I'm like, "Yeah, cool, whatever." It just doesn't. Oh it, isn't, it isn't connected with me there. at all. He's gone there. He's gone there. Harrison, um, what did you think of well, the Space Bar? 
Well, I mean, well, uh, uh, I think I'm the only one here that's got thoughts on it. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Um, yeah, I mean, um, I, um, <laughs> um, I thought the finale to this was quite interesting. Um, I loved, um, there was one moment in this episode which I thought, yeah, that's really cool. Um, you know, to anyone's aware of it, it's a classic Doctor Who uh, uh, moment in itself. Is it, is it uh, Sarah being it stuck in, in there? In the, uh, yeah, in the vent, yeah. yeah. She's aware of it. It's a classic Doctor Who moment. I didn't, I didn't, it was only until she ended up in the vent. I was like, ah, this is where that's from. Um, but I love that interchange where, like, how the the Doctor purposely annoys her to give her inspiration. I, I think yeah. that's a really cool scene. And that kind of really, like tells to me that tom is the doctor in that moment it's like yeah like he's the doctor um yeah um i liked it but again everyone feels too calm for what's really happening because yeah. you know like when it comes to this point you get the 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 women are really like going all out on the arc now there's like an army of them a swarm of them and then they're really trying to like breach the arc so it does really like up the states in it but everyone's very calm still everyone's yeah. like oh yeah like, i'm on the other end of the radio and i'm just still like okay yeah i mean everybody I mean, seems more really every, i always got the impression that everybody just seems confused then determined yeah. or scared everyone's like what why why are they doing that and i'm like if, I, if they're thinking that i'm gonna be thinking it yeah i thought i mean as an episode it worked all right and i like the twist at the end when it turns out that um like like noah this whole time is in control of himself and he blows them all up i thought that was quite cool actually it's been like, oh right oh then goes a plot twist um but it was interesting because it wasn't really like um it wasn't ever hinted at i mean i think there was like one hint in like part three that he perhaps is in control but it's very like like kind of just like if you don't hear it then you don't it's not going to click um but i liked it a lot um i thought it worked well um but i, f- I thought the ending was a bit confusing obviously the doctor's like oh you have to get a transmat down to earth to find out if earth's all right which i know it's gonna like i know ties into the um the sontaran experiment which is the next week's one but I just, in my head, I'm like, well, you're not able to take the TARDIS and get them all down there. That's what I just thought was a bit odd, how the TARDIS <laughs> wasn't even, like, touched yeah. in this whole thing. But, like, um, I did like, though, how, like, I can't remember who it is. I think it's either, it's either Harry or Sarah that says, oh, yeah, like, if they're about to attack the Ark, are we just not disabled to leave in the TARDIS? And the dots like, well, uh, we can't. We need to help them. And it's yeah. like, yeah, no. it's it, it, Yeah, it's kind of a bit of, like, of a hero moment um and i thought as well it was actually really cool because i know who the ruin are but i didn't know they were in that the actual enemy fucking space because i'm a huge paul mcgann fan and if anyone has heard the audience as i have then you are aware to what the like ruin are whatnot but i didn't because i hear them on audio i don't actually know what they look like so to actually see them in this episode i thought oh that's really cool um, and Tim doesn't have a clue what I'm on about because I'm no. a radio man and uh, <laughs> he's a bit, yeah, you can hear the yawn, you can hear the yawn when I'm going to say that. Um, but yeah, it was it was awesome to see this like classic Who villain that I was aware of actually like on screen and like it, as I finally heard the name, I was like, oh, it's the women from the audios. Uh, but um, yeah, yeah. Um, I liked, I liked uh, part four, um, but like, you know, like because we're now at the end, it's easy to talk about it as a whole now, like the whole story and how it's. I feel like there's a lot um, of just dragging this out for four episodes. Yeah. This was dragged out, and it's like that. This could have all been done in, in one episode, two at a push, if you were going to do it as yeah. modern, like a modern Who format. But four episodes, I'm like, and it makes me think, like at the time, I know they go, well, we didn't know any different, but people at the time must mm-hmm. have watched it and gone, freaking hell, get on with it. Do you know what I mean? It's, like, it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's interesting you talk about this because the next episode after this, the um, the Sontar and Ek experiment, it's only it's only two episodes long. So they've yeah. got a variety in classic here. Like, a couple of times you get an eight part, a couple of times you get a two part. Oh my like, god! Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, 
I mean, in Hartnell's time, the only episode that's had 12 parts is the Daleks 12. master plan. That's 12 episodes. Yeah, that's 12 episodes. So that was in Hartnell's day. In the, in the olden days, uh, it was a bit long. And not all the episodes are alive because oh, of God. the, the uh, BBC. <laughs> even, even, they knew, um, even they knew it wasn't worth keeping. Wow. Oh, so the controversy is coming. Classic Who haters coming for the comments. I mean, I look, know. okay, like, let's be serious. I get the importance cool. of Classic Who, I really do. And I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, and yeah. I can appreciate it. Go. I can appreciate what it is. But I, every yeah. episode we've watched, which have been episodes which have people have recommended, the anniversary episodes, the crossovers, and this one. I know, Ark in Space, I always mm. read about it. I always hear it's meant to be a classic, classic episode. It's a top baker yeah. one. It should be good. But mm. I'm just like, Sarah Jane doesn't do much. She, Harry's annoying. Tom Baker's there. He doesn't really do much. He's sort of just wandering around. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. The effect. The, the only thing yeah. that I particularly liked about this was the the concept of the monster and the limited yeah. and the actual how the episode looked. Like the actual aesthetics was quite interesting. Yeah, because um, I really like the Bruin. And like oh, I've only heard them on audio before, but to actually like see the like. Like every time they were like on screen, I did like like feel that irk that anyone has, you know, when they encounter an insect. It's like that, ooh, yeah. You know, and I kind of, I actually kind of like think the like whole rubbery like costumes and all actually kind of helped to make it more eerie. I think. Oh, definitely, yeah. Um, yeah, which I thought was a highlight, in particular when they've got their like um, tentacles or claws or whatnot. If if it's coming out the vents or something, I was like, oh, okay, that's. Like, actually quite mm, um, yeah. eerie to say the least but um yeah, yeah I just... I, I, i'm not knocking it for its practical effects because that's of the time no, no. but what i knock it the for actual... is the actual yeah storytelling device because there was i've seen other tv shows and movies from that era and they know what they're yeah. doing so i, I like mm. i said it last week i i i can see and i am saying it why it was a joke at the time and why it had its haters I know mm. it was massive at the time, and he's the most popular classic Doctor and stuff like that. But I, I feel like it never evolved past this. I feel like each Doctor, mm. it never got any better than this, which is like maybe not the right thing to say. But I've seen a few mm, Colin, I mean, I've seen a few mm. things from Colin, and it just seems to be the same sort of format. And it never really advanced with its ages until the TV movie, really. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean. I know I have, I mean, I'll be honest, I know I've watched more, like, Classic Who, you know, than you have. Um, it's interesting, because, like, with Classic Who, it's very much like, 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 New Who in a way, where, like, um, a lot of it is either, like, on average to, like, okay, but there are, at times, there are some incredible episodes, which I can try What are they? Someone tell me what they are. The <laughs> Well, in, in the comments, well, I, I, I mean, I'm going to tell you some great ones, and hopefully the comments are going to help me out here. But um, Earth Shock is a great one. Who's with, that? Um, Davidson. Right. What do you mean? What? Yeah, I was going to, who's that? Um, and then you've got um, uh, Caves of Androzani, which is arguably the greatest episode of Doctor of all time to some people, arguably. Um, you've got uh, uh, Remembrance of the Daleks um, um, in, like, like McCoy's era, that's incredible. Um, I watched that as a kid and I thought it was awesome. Um, you got, uh, what do you, I mean, it, it, it depends on the era. I honestly think each each doctor has a great story or two in there. Um, I've seen Genesis of the Daleks as well. Yeah. Once, I've, once I've enjoyed is obviously Tomb of the Cybermen. I yeah, really brilliant. like that. And that is a classic, yeah. I th- it's a Peter Davison one, and I think it's because it's got like the Black Orchid or the Black Orchid. Oh, yeah, the Black Orchid's interesting because it's only like two parts, and it's more of a like, it's not got any alien threat in it. It's more of just like, uh, you know, Cluedo with like Doctor Who in it, in it. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the thing. So help us out in the comments, folks, if we can get Tim more into Classic Who and change these. Uh, I prefer no Big Finish Classic Who. Yeah, no, true. I mean, yeah, because, like, I mean, that's a really good point, because I got into audios from um, more, like, classic Doctors and whatnot, because, like, 
I, like, as a kid when I grew up, I was like, oh, like Colin, like Baker. Yeah, he's, he's not, he's, he's, he's not great. And then as like an adult, when I hear him on audio, I'm there yeah. like, oh my God, like, he, oh my God, well, if you give him eight good scripts and I can't actually see his awful coat, I can actually, I'm uh, to get on board with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, like I say, I, I do want to like classic Doctor Yeah. And I'm sure yeah, there are, like, like I said, there are stories out there that I do enjoy, but I just, yeah, of course there is. Trying to find it, it's so difficult. That's the thing. It will happen. It will <laughs> come in time, I guess, but we will get there. But if you've got any um, shout outs in the comments from more classic episodes we haven't talked about yet that are really good that we could cover on the channel, please do give us a heads up in the comments because clearly we um, need it, to say the least, on here. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, sounds good. Let, we'll, we've reached the end of the show. We've got nothing else to say. Oh, <laughs> it's no. the end of the year as well. And Harrison, I got you a Christmas present and you're not, because I've got COVID, you can't be here. Oh, By the time this goes out, you're not even in the country. No, I'm not even in the country. No, I'm, I'm going to a land far, far away. An so, Arabian <laughs> night, you might say. <laughs> David Tennant does a podcast with is a something else and no mystery production. Produced by Zoe Edwards. Additional production from Harriet Wells, Sarah Camlet, Steve Ackerman and Georgia Tennant. (laughs) The sound engineer was Josh Gibbs. The executive producer is Chris Skinner. Next time. There's that fight downstairs and somebody just called me darling. This is obviously the place I'm supposed to be. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know, Harrison, you're not here all the time, but thank you from me for stepping in oh, when no. you needed. It's much oh. appreciated. Anytime, my man. And, and, uh, Thanks for having me. And obviously, stick around, everybody. We've got a, a year and a half's worth of back catalogs. We've got interviews and everything out there. So go check it all out. Enjoy the holidays. Have fun. Uh, Christmas has actually already been uh, by the time this episode comes out. Enjoy the new year. I just remembered. Enjoy the new year. Have fun. And uh, we will see you in 2022. Um, See you around. Bye. Make sure you subscribe to the official Bigger on the Inside podcast.